turning to John 17. I'd like to read the whole chapter. Jesus' prayer for the church. As he prayed for the present church and the future church, we are part of the future church. John 17. Beginning at reading is verse 1. Jesus spoke these words, lifted up his eyes to heaven, and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son also may, be glorif may glorify you, as you have given him authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the one true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I have glorified you on the earth. I finished the work which you have given to me to do. And now, O Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. I manifested your name to the men whom you have given me out of the world. They were yours, you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they have known that all things which you have given me are from you. For I have given to them the words which you have given me, and they have received them and have known surely that I came forth from you, and that I have believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I do not pray for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. And all mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. Now I am no longer in the world, but these are in the world. And I come to you, Holy Father, Keep through your name those who you have given me, that they may be one as we are. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in your name. Those whom you gave me I have kept, and none of them is lost except the son of perdition, that the scripture may be fulfilled. But now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in them. I have given them your word. And the world has hated them, because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not pray that you should keep them out of the world, but you should keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. And for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they may also be sanctified by the truth. I do not pray for these alone, but for those, for also for those who will believe in me through their word. They all may be one, as you, Father, are in me, and I in you. They also may be one in us. The world may believe that you have sent me. And the glory which you gave me, I have given them. And they may be one, just as we are one. In them, in you and me, that they may be perfect in one. The world may know that you sent me, and have loved them as you have loved me. Father, I desire that they also whom you gave, you gave me may be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which you have given me. For you loved me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, the world has not known you, but I have known you, and these have known that you sent me. Now I have declared to them your name, and will declare it, that the 
love with which you love me may be in them and I in them. We thank you, Lord, for your words to us today. What a joy it is to gather together in the house of prayer. As we've heard this scripture, Lord, I pray that we would be one with you as you are with your Father. Oh, we thank you today that we have such a wonderful Heavenly Father, a wonderful Savior in Jesus, and the blessed Holy Spirit that is in the world today, I am us. And so, Lord, as we gather here, we just want to lift up your name and praise and honor and glory for, Lord, you're worthy of it all and so much more. Oh, help us to praise you more and more. That first song says it all, that we want to praise you, to thank you for all that you mean to us and what you're doing. Lord, today there are those that are not among us due to sickness or some of our retirees and shut-ins that are cannot be here. Lord, bless and encourage them wherever they are this day. May your presence be there with them as you're here with us. And Lord, I pray that the body of believers that are here, that you would touch each one of us. Perhaps there's some here today that are not feeling well or have pain. Oh Lord, would you touch that spot of pain and take it away and bring healing and strength. Thank you, Lord, that we can claim our throne rights through Jesus Christ. As we worship together today, Lord, may our worship be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. Help us, Lord, to see new things out of your Lord, as the church, we would be at our potential, reaching out to all those that we come in contact with, those, Lord, that you lay on our hearts, those that you give us a word to share. Oh, Lord, help us to be obedient, to be your servants. And now we pray today your blessing as we continue the service. May all that's said and done bring honor and glory to you. We do pray for horrible and and Cheryl Hay there in Mozambique, you continue to bless their ministry on a needy nation. Oh, I pray that the gospel message would go out clear to so many hearts that they have come to know you. Around our world today, Lord, there's so many needs. This is past week or so, we were at the brink of war with Iran. Praying, Lord, that you'd continue to keep your hand upon both of these nations. Oh, that righteousness would be exalted and, and wickedness would be put down. Pray for our president today, our national leaders. Help them, Lord, to continue to seek your face. And Lord, just guide us now, we pray. And we thank you that we can trust you and we can rest in you. In your precious and worthy name, we pray. Amen. As was mentioned, I believe Bruce, the missionary shared last Sunday that felt like the Lord is laying on our hearts to share a series of messages on prayer in the month of January. What an incredible impact the church can have when they are praying. Have you ever given much thought to the potential that you could have, the potential of our congregation? If we were uh, giving so much more to the Lord than perhaps we are right now. Our lives can touch others for Jesus Christ. Oh, how many can come to salvation? How many hurting could be given emotional touch of healing, physical touch of healing? 
Notice the words of scripture there from Ephesians 3, 9 through 11, and I'm reading out of the NIV. And to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden in God, who created all things. His intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms, according to his eternal purpose, which he accomplished in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Reconciliation of law in Christ was not an afterthought. God is calling for the unity of his people, because the church is made up of all kinds of people. And we love you all. So glad that we can call you our brother, our sister. So the Apostle Paul is saying here that it is God's intention to use the church to show forth his wisdom to everyone in heaven and on earth according to his purpose. And so there's a challenge there for us, the church, with a clear directive for shaking and changing the world we live in. He's given us the commission there in Matthew 28, go there, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. What a comfort that is. To know that Jesus is never going to forsake you or to leave you. But even before that, he did that, he prayed a special prayer for all the believers. That include us today. The hours before his crucifixion, he prayed what is commonly referred to as the high priestly prayer. And that's what we're looking at today. This prayer is actually an excellent model for all of us as we follow, to follow as we pray. And Jesus spoke with confidence, and yet he knew what lay ahead. He knew what the next days would, would bring to him. But he was secure in the knowledge of, that what he began on earth would continue through the body of believers, the church. What Christ desired for us, the church can be summarized, I think, in prayer requests. And you thank you, Warren, for calling attention to the bulletin insert. Actually, that's like an outline of my message, but I was hoping, too, you'd take it home and use that and be praying through that. First one, that people would sense the glory of God. Verse 22, and the glory which you gave to me I have given them. They may be one, just as we are one. The Greek word for glory is doxa, D-O-X-A, meaning the visible manifestation of, of splendor, power, and radiance of God. So when he prayed these words, his desire was that his people would continually feel and sense the splendor, the power, and the radiance of God in their midst. Whenever God's presence comes down in a meeting or a gathering of believers, how does it affect you? I think it should lift us up spiritually in our worship, in praise and adoration. Some of my fondest memories as a child and as a teenager growing up in the church were those tent meetings. And around the altars we prayed and God's glory would come so real. Revival meetings. 
I, I just feel missed that in these days, it seems like we don't have some of those meetings we once enjoyed, and I think we're, we're missing out there. Great things happen when God's presence comes, and His presence can come anytime. It doesn't have to just be at a revival meeting, so don't misunderstand me there. But listen to one person's testimony. He said, I was in a revival meeting when God's presence came and we were all moved upon. I rededicated my life to Christ and then felt his call to become a pastor and to preach the gospel. And while we were worshiping, he observed his parents. He said, I saw the joy and glory on my parents' faces. This drew me so much closer to God in a way that I'd never felt before. And it was easy then to give my heart and life into the Lord's service. Have you ever heard the name Pastor John Maxwell? It was his testimony. I heard that dear man on several occasions, teaching and preaching. That was his testimony. Harold Hendricks once said, the church doesn't need more worshipers. More workers, it needs more worshipers. True worship. God moves it upon us. It's incredible. It's incredible. It's one of the highest experiences known to the Christian. I just feel that far too many people come to church service preoccupied, maybe rushing around that day, or the bad trip here, or maybe there's problems in the car with the children, and they get to church, and then they come this home, Pastor, I hope you can make my day rather than, Lord, how can you use me to bless someone else as we gather for worship? For when praise is directed towards God, giving the glory due to him, he will make the church a place of power. Amen? When the church is on fire, with his presence, sinners will be drawn to him like a Perhaps you heard the story of a little country church that caught fire one night. And a large crowd gathered. Someone said to the neighbor, fine, there had to have been this many people in this church before. And the other fellow leaned over, yeah, but this is the first time the church was on fire. I think you can gather what he was trying to say there. The real value of the church is not the facility. It's not even the pastor. Or the programs, or even the people. Churches have value when Jesus Christ is welcomed and his presence is among us. He's there abiding. That's what brings true beauty and power. Number two, we must read and follow the word of God. In verse 8, Jesus prayed, For I have given to them the words which you have given to me. And they have received them and have known surely that I came forth from you, and they have believed that you sent me. Then <coughs> Jesus is clearly saying here that we all must be followers of the scriptures. Know your Bible, read it daily, spend time in it. It's God's word to us. When the disciples were with Jesus, they received his words gladly. It gave meaning, it gave salvation motivation and a mission to them. This is what he wanted for his disciples back then, but also for us as his believers today. So when we as a church get into God's word, 
to get the word in us, studying and learning what it means, I tell you, you're going to be a changed individual. Amen. The Bible is eternal. It's relevant. It's full of power. And we realize that our values begin to change for the better. We will care for those around us. Before you leave in the morning, pray, Lord, bring someone across my path today that I can be your hands extended to them. It's exciting what God may do through you. Number three, we will be united in the love of God as a church. As I read those words, did you catch how many times Jesus was praying for unity among the church? Unity through love. Look at verses 20 through 23. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you. They also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. The glory which you gave me, I have given them. They may be one just as we are one, I in them and you in me. They may be perfect in love, there it is, and that the world may know that you have sent me and I have loved them as you love me. Spirit-filled believers who are united in love and guided by purpose and truly believe in that can do anything. Can do anything. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. One author said it this way, they can shape the very gates of hell. There's power. Power. Oh, I fear that so many churches are powerless because they're not unified in perfect love. Too many are arguing over insignificant things that are make their witness ineffective. Can't agree on the color of the carpet. Can't agree how large the parking area should be. Oh, you. Oh, yeah, right, Pastor. That's the honest truth. I had a pastor speak to me since we're pastoring here in Lancaster County. He has a church in our county. He said both times we did changes like that, we lost people. We packed up and left. They couldn't agree on the color of the carpet. Couldn't agree on this. Couldn't agree on that. Oh, I think there's times we have to agree to disagree agreeably. We're not going to see eye to eye. Now, I know you as husband and the wives, you've been along perfectly, right? Oh, I hear some chuckles. <laughs> yeah, Larry, wait till I get your ear. He's kind of shaking his head. Yeah. <laughs> Take care of your <laughs> No, we have differences of opinions. We're individuals. But that's the beauty of it. With the Lord and His grace, we work together. The men always had the last words. Yes, dear. <laughs> Working together. Oh, you know, seriously, we we only realize how short time is for the Lord's coming. What our priorities and values be different? Some of these things that seem to Matter so much. Really don't matter that much. Jesus is coming soon. Number four, we should be going forth in the mission of God. 
In verses 17 and 18, Jesus says, Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. As you send them into the world, I also have sent them into the world. Jesus is asking God to sanctify us so that we are prepared to go out as his witnesses in our communities and beyond. He's not calling everyone to leave family, friends, and, and location and move to the other side of the world. But he is calling some. You know God's putting his hand on you. You need to obey. But I think for the most of us, he's calling for our obedience right where we are. Right where we are. The word sanctify means to be set apart and equipped for a special mission. What is mission? Well, it's a bottom line to share the good news to the lost. They may be saved and have everlasting life. Any church that loses sight of that mission may someday hear Jesus say the words that we find in Revelation 2, verse 4 that was given to the church of Ephesus. Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you've left your first love. Left your first love. So how concerned are you for that unsaved friend that you work with or rub shoulders with perhaps every day? Only you can answer that question. I challenge you to pray and say, Lord, increase that burden of my heart for the lost around me. Be family and friends. Those that live around us, those we work with. We all have relatives that are not walking as close to the Lord as they should. We need to be praying for them. Oftentimes, that's the first prayer of my lips and my heart in the morning as I open my eyes to praying for my loved ones, my families. And you know, the Lord has given me a new prayer just in the last year. And that's praying our dear widows that have said goodbye to their loved companions. And this is growing. And I say, Lord, be especially close and near to these dear ones that are hurting. Oh, there's so much to pray about. Let's be active in our prayer. I'm not suggesting that you're not praying, but I'm just saying that we can all do better. I know this solid. And so this year, let's do that. Oh, may the Holy Spirit stir our hearts. Fifthly, may we experience the joy of the Lord in a greater measure. In verse 13, he says, But now I come to you, that these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. Oh, what will bring joy in a greater sense? It's obedience. Chapter 17, there's a lot in here. We can say, Lord, help me to follow that, keeping your word, being united in love, carrying out your mission here in this earth. The story is told of the missionary Adrian Johnson. Adrian, Maya Johnson, I guess, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that. It would be a good name for a little boy if you want one. Uh, he, he was in the 19th century and he had a great love in joining the Lord. So he went to Burma as a missionary in the year 1812. That's before most of our time. He was filled with the Spirit of God and desire to share the gospel, the good news. And so as he arrived, he 
went down into the city and he approached the gentleman. He didn't know the language. He thought, what can I do? And it's like the Holy Spirit impressed him. Give that man a big hug. <coughs> so he said, I did. I gave him a big hug. And that man went home and told his family, he said, I've seen an angel today. <laughs> what an impression. The joy was raging in his face. And it was upon it all that the community called him Mr. Glory. What encounterments he must have had. I, I thought of Moses as he was with God and came down to have to put a veil because he shone so. I believe God wants to fill us with such joy that those around us know there's something different about us. Now, I'm, I'm not sure. Well, I guess I am sure. I don't think you'll be out giving hug, hugs to strangers. But if the Lord impresses you, yes, you be obedient. A ready smile, though goes along with This uh, past week, Tuesday, I had tests run, a uh, bone scan and a PET scan, and they're interesting. I never had tests before. I said something to Don Wagner and his wife this morning. He said, getting old isn't for sissies, is it? <clears throat> but what an opportunity to share. Well then, yes, that's what it was. It's, it's, Young fella, he reminds me just of your friend. You look like a twin on his head. Maybe one you know. <laughs> This guy was going to put an IV in my arm. Well, I'm one of those fellows that hide my vein very well. <coughs> very well. I tell nurses when I'm going to give blood or have to check my blood, well, you're going to work for your money today. And usually that's the case. It, it used to be my right hand worked better. Now I said, I think this arm works better. Well, this day, this poor fella, he worked three times on both sides and just could not seem to get it. Finally, he got it. You know what? The whole time he was working, I was witnessing him. He, he asked me the question, but really, why are you here? See, they don't know your history. And I told him that I had been diagnosed with cancer and prostate. And he looked at me and said, oh, I'm, I'm so sorry to hear that. Oh, I said, I'm not, I'm not scared or or worried in the least. I said, I live for Jesus. He has my life. He looked, boy, I just opened the door. I had to share with him the goodness of God. Well, then Thursday, our daughter came down. He went to see the radiologist. And I was saying, one you saw Nelson and Bob. Very nice man. What was his name? Dr. Black. And uh, a little nurse came first and asked all kinds of questions. I need to tell you, I guess they expect you're going to go to the depth of and maybe you want to take your life or whatever. She was asking all these questions. I said, no, 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 no. I said, I guess I'm just even peel John. And my wife and daughter laughed at that. But I said to her, she said, well, don't you have any real concerns? Oh, yes, I said, I do. I said, I have grandchildren I'm praying for. Oh, uh, we have psychiatrists that you can talk to. I said, I talked to Jesus. Tell him all about it, and I'll leave it in his hands. <laughs> she was sweet. But, you know, you don't know what you say or what you can do, but smile. They can see Jesus in your life. Oh, by the way, I've got good words. Some of you asked me. The cancer is contained. It's not outside. And that's an answer to prayer. Now I have a decision to make, Nelson. <laughs> 
Thursday, I go to see the surgeon, so I have to decide which way am I going to go. Do I have to, that little thing yanked out and be gone forever? Or do I have radiation and keep what God gave me? I don't know. I'm just sort of moving back and forth in this whole thing. So I asked an interesting prayers. I know my wife was praying too. She said to me the other day, honey, whatever you decide, I'll stand behind you. And I think she probably wishes I'd just go do surgery. But you know what? It's good to know our lives are in God's hands and we can trust in Him and have peace. And I mean that from all my heart. I have peace. So thank you for your prayers. And uh, continue to pray. God's will be done as we pray for you. I want to just live in that way and know that God is a good child. Well, let's stand together and worship him.